0: Hi, and welcome to Sci-Fi Spirit. My name is Jana Rochelle Garvin. I'm a board-certified chaplain and ordained minister and a pastoral counselor. I'm also a huge fan of good storytelling. Growing up, my family watched Star Trek, Star Wars, Tremors, Alien, and any number of other science fiction films. I also grew up in a family that placed a high value on learning and faith. My career as a chaplain, which has brought me to find ways of caring for others facing spiritual and existential crises, brought me here, to find a way to incorporate my love of science fiction and other stories into the work of making meaning out of the celebrations and the challenges of daily living. That's what brings us to this podcast, Sci-Fi Spirit. We'll be starting out on a seven part journey, exploring ways that spirituality intersects with some of my favorite stories and characters and how reflecting on those journeys can help us on our own. Today, we're gonna talk about Thor. And his turn in Avengers Endgame. By the time we reach the climactic Marvel feature, (laughs) which is full of really good characters, Thor has incurred multiple losses and a great deal of pain. The final great loss was failing to defeat the villain Thanos, who succeeds in his quest of depleting the world of half of all living creatures. When we catch up with Thor, he looks more like a frat boy than his statuesque self. This is where we get the term Bro Thor. Thor has been accustomed to being the hero and this identity is lost. Suffering shapes our identity and we are shaped more by our failures than by our successes. It's not only the losses that have driven Thor to this state, but also how those losses has changed his view of himself. For Thor, failing to defeat Thanos leads to weight gain, a shaggy beard, playing video games, and drinking. This is bro Thor. George Bonanno, bereavement specialist, coined the term coping ugly, that healing from grief may take many different forms. Although the current shapes of Thor's life is one which elicits humor and maybe even pity, this is a way through. It's not only the way through, though, as Thor's friends become an essential part of his moving forward. At one point in the film, Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy asks for Thor's help and attempts to snap out of his sadness. Rocket's call highlights Thor's forgotten call for himself as one who helps and one who rescues. At the film's end, Thor has not entirely healed or returned to his former self. He's still heavy and a bit messy, but he is accepted into the hero's fight. Thor himself is a long-standing deity, prior to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but here we see Thor lose his mother, his father, his brother, his estranged sister, his girlfriend, as well as his homeworld in the films leading up to Avengers Endgame. Thor is a divine figure facing human struggles and sufferings. As a former king of the otherworldly Asgard, he is the god of thunder, founding member of the Avengers, one who staves off tragedy and restores peace. How does one so great heal from such great grief? Elizabeth Kubler-Ross famously introduced us to five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. It's commonly held that these are stages that we all experience regardless of what grief we are facing, but really this research comes from the dying, and grief takes many different forms and comes in many different ways. Grief is the price we pay for loving, and it's imperative for our own transformation and growth. Bereavement experiences, which is the response to the felt experience of grief, build upon one another as we see with the multiple losses experienced by Thor. Ritual is essential to our healing. When Thor loses his homeworld of Asgard, he loses much of the ritual and structure that helps him with these processes. There is a declaration that Asgard resides in the people and not the place, but our lives still crave cultural rights to shape us as individuals and as groups. Finding ways to name and hold our experiences is essential to growth and healing, not only as individuals, but as a community. Dr. Lois Tonkins teaches of grief as a wound we gradually heal around. Our grief does not become less, but we grow to be larger around it. It's like if you put a little bit of salt in a tiny glass of water, the water's going to be really salty. But if you put a little bit of salt in an entire pitcher of water, you're not going to be able to taste it as much. By growing around our grief, we can make space for new relationships and new experiences. The grief is always with us. It's always a part of us. And perhaps it's even still quite large. But it finds its place in our lives as we change and grow it becomes a part of our new self. Margaret Strobe and Hank Schutt established the dual model of grief, stating we are at times loss-oriented and at times restoration-oriented. So we might find a way to feel better in the midst of our grief for a little while, and then we might need to focus on the loss itself and be sad for a little while. These two stages work together to move us forward towards healing, so we don't stay Stuck in one place for too long. We don't have to take on the whole monumental task of grieving all at once. As we oscillate between loss and restoration, we can do the work of healing piece by piece. At the end of Avengers Endgame, Thor returns to fight alongside his friends and colleagues. He has not lost the weight or the messy beard, but he is still powerful and he is still called upon to be a hero. Grief does not keep us from being ourselves. It's through love and relationships that we can be gradually restored to someone and something new.